This is State of Water. This is State of this Water. This is State of Water. This is State of Water. State of Water coming at you right now. State of Water, a podcast focusing on clean water issues and their relationship to policy, equity, community, and climate. Featuring captivating interviews with Michiganders from many walks of life, State of Water is the official podcast of the Clean Water Campaign for Michigan, a program of the nonprofit organization Title Track. Hey, this is Jenny from Title Track. If you resonate with what you're about to hear, put those feelings into action. Take the first step toward getting involved by going to titletrackmichigan.org slash contact to sign up for our mailing list. Happy New Year, water protectors. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we feature a musical collaboration rooted in friendship that honors the deep history of the Great Lakes while sharing a love of water that drives a conviction to act boldly in the present. Ben Travers is a guitarist, singer, and multi-instrumentalist who has a passion for American traditional folk music. He is also a core member of the Earthwork Music Collective and a behind-the-scenes MVP for Michigan's music community. Inspired by Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, and many more folk heroes, Ben creates eclectic mixtures of story and song. Michael Dawes is best known as the drummer for the phenomenal band The Accidentals. He is a prolific songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer, and recording engineer apart from the band, and he releases his own immersive music under the moniker Tree Skin. These two unique Michigan artists joined forces in 2019 to record an album of both traditional and original sea shanties. The album, entitled Songs of the Lakes, Rivers, and Seas, Shanties, Forecastle Songs, and Other Maritime Ballads, is affectionately referred to as Shantyland. This past fall, Ben and Michael met up with Title Track co-executive director Seth Bernard at Earthwork Farm, where the duo recorded around half of their collaborative album. The three friends discussed how this rich history informs their action in the present and the urgency that clean water issues demand in 2022. We hope you enjoy their conversation as well as multiple exclusive debut live recordings of some of the Shantyland songs performed live in the barn at Earthwork Farm. Here to introduce Ben and Michael and the songs is Seth Bernard. Ben, Michael, great to see you guys today. Thanks for taking time to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah man, it's great to be us. here. So you guys made this album. It has a very remarkable name. Songs of the Lakes, Rivers, and Seas. Shanties, Forecastle Songs, and Other Maritime Ballads. So can you help unpack this name for our listeners? For sure. Yeah. Um, so it's like 
a big thing with a lot of the really early Folkways album releases from like the 50s and 60s where they they kind of had this mentality of like you should know what the record is by looking at it like the cover should tell you mm-hmm. everything you need to know about the album and that was kind of the the mindset we went into with it in fact the title was longer it at, was at one point we were going to have all that and then it was going to say featuring Michael Dawes and Ben Travers accompanying themselves on guitar, banjo, and mandolin. Uh-huh. <laughs> as more of more to that title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then as more instruments came into the mix, that became less and yeah. less. Like, it It just sounded like we were, like, trying to show off. We're like, look at all these instruments. Yeah. So, um, we, so we shortened it to the now abridged title. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, affectionately known as Shantyland yes. project. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so what are shanties? I was talking to someone about this interview, and and they were like, shanties, is that like sh- like sh- ice fishing shanties, a structure, a shack? Sea shanties as a a musical form traditionally are work songs that are often call and response that would like take place for different jobs that would happen on the ship that need to be done to a rhythm. Um, more contemporarily, the the definition of shanties has broadened to include a lot of like just water-centric ballads mm-hmm. and things of that sort. Yeah, yeah. things that evoke the image of, of being on a ship or, or yeah. some kind of work work position. Yeah, so like an example from the <coughs> album would be like the Wellerman or Erie Canal, neither of which are like work songs they're not true mm-hmm. blue sea shanties but for mm-hmm. the more accepted modern definition of shanty yeah the broader included. umbrella yeah how about forecastle songs so the forecastle is the area under the deck where the the crew would sleep and so forecastle songs were a, a type of shanty that weren't work songs they would be sung after the work was done so all for me grog which mm-hmm. is the the first track from the album is um, a forecastle song, an example of that. Okay, cool, great. And so the album's on all the streaming platforms, released mm-hmm. through Earthwork Music. You got CDs yeah. that can be purchased. People can buy it on Bandcamp. And we're here on Earthwork Farm, my place of origin, and the home of the Earthwork Harvest Gathering. And you guys recorded half of the album here, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was really interesting. Like I remember. You had a little bit of trouble getting clean takes without the peacocks <laughs> making noise in the background, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know how loud a peacock could be. Um, and the fact that we were um, recording in the barn uh, before we got here, I didn't realize that the peacock's nest was actually under the barn. Um, but awesome, awesome creatures, peacocks. Incredible. Honestly, they're some of the coolest animals, you know, that I've ever seen. They're just mm. super interesting, but yeah, they, they can really squawk. And there's, there's <laughs> quite a few, uh, outtakes that have blaring peacock accompaniment. Oh, wow. <laughs> with them. When we were first trying to find a place to record this album, Michael's like, we could record it at the farm. Like, we could do it at the barn. I'm like, that's great. I love that idea. But the peacocks are right there. Uh-huh. And Michael's like, but would that really take away from the album? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It really would. <laughs> but you pulled it off. You got half of it done here. And, mm-hmm. and then in between the recording of the album and the release of the album, there was this totally unforeseen, like, 
uh, groundswell of like sea shanties trending on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, like about January, I think of of 2021, um, the song specifically the Wellerman, uh, which Mm -hmm. we included on the record, um, just became a huge uh, song on TikTok. And we had kind of put the project uh, on the back burner just because of the pandemic kind of, you know, hit us right in the middle of the recording of it. And yeah. once once the January uh, shanty trend came around, we were like, we got to finish this project. <laughs> we can't sit on this any longer. So uh, in the first half of this year, we just we put our noses back to the grindstone and, and, and finished out the record to to get it out as quickly as we could. And it was great. You know, we had we did a lot of really, really fun tunes. And I'm glad that, because the Wellerman, I think, was the last song that we yeah. uh, added for it. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a nice final mm. piece to put on the album. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we're back here on the farm where the album, you know, part of the origin story of the album. And and we, um, even though it's a little bit of a chilly day, we got ourselves warmed up, went into the bar, and you guys cranked out some songs. Yeah. So we have some really cool content to pair with this podcast. We've got... Uh, video, wonderful video by uh, Dogtown Studio, Robbie Fisher, dear friend, amazing artist. Shout out to Robbie, Shout everybody. Out oh, yeah. yeah. Big love and so um, we're going to hear the audio from the barn recordings here on the podcast, and people can go and check out the, uh, the video as well if they want to. But we're going to tee up this first song, Erie Canal, and then we'll, we'll, check it, we'll check in about you know what inspired you to record the song, some of the history of the song after we listen to it. So here it is, folks, Erie Canal, live at Earthwork Farm. Everybody down, low 
bridge for we're coming to a town and you'll always know your neighbor you'll always know your pal if you've ever navigated on the Erie Canal Well, where would I be if I lost my pal? Fifteen miles Fifteen miles on the Erie Canal A friend of mine once got her sore And now he's got a broken jaw She let fly with an iron toe And kicked him right on to Buffalo So there we go, Erie Canal, really famous song back back in the day. Some of our parents remember learning it in school, right? Oh yeah. I mean, when I brought up that we were going to be doing a sea shanty project with some of my friends, um, a couple asked me if we were going to do the Erie Canal song just because Amazing. it was, you know, I remember learning that song in fourth grade music class, and after talking to a lot of people about it, I guess that song has been part of the music curriculum in the public school systems, at least around the Great Lakes area. Um, mm-hmm. There's been some people in other places that have known the song. Um, but for, you know, for years, it's been a part of the curriculum. So, yeah, very fun tune to play, too. Um, and I think I actually learned a completely different version of it than the one that we played and that is on the record, like lyrically. I, completely. I, I knew the one verse about um, the guy's jaw getting kicked by the mule was different. <laughs> yeah, because um, I think they, I think they, uh, they kept that a little uh, tamer for the elementary for school five-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hearing the song now, it I I read um, Dan Egan's book. Uh, the Death and Life of the Great Lakes recently. And it's a very dense, um, very thorough and fascinating, um, you know, historical account of all these things that humans have done to affect the health uh, and well-being of the Great Lakes. And he goes into the construction of the Erie Canal and all of this unbridled optimism and mm-hmm. and really cooperation sort of with all of these different entities, government entities, states, provinces, governments, uh, individuals, industry barons, sort of coming together for seeing like a time of like um, economic prosperity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet this also opened the door to uh, some really horrible things that have devastated the Great Lakes, namely invasive species coming in through the St. Lawrence Seaway, through the Erie Canal, and um, 
and now we have, you know, at first it was zebra mussels, now there's quagga mussels, mm-hmm. millions upon millions, billions of them filter feeding the lakes um, every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk to people about this, how did this happen? How could this happen? Obviously, people have done a lot of very, we've made a lot of poor choices kind of playing God and thinking in terms of um, short-term financial gain, you know, getting a return on investment without seeing a larger picture of ecosystem function. Mm -hmm. But also another part of it is that seeing it through resilience thinking is that there were, there was not enough feedback loops. There wasn't enough citizen monitoring. And um, if there had been citizen monitoring, we might have been able to uh, avoid crossing a threshold of invasives where, you know, once you pass that threshold, it's a change of state. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's overwhelming to think of all the invasives in the, in the Great Lakes and how people, you know, emptying their ballasts from other parts of the world, introduced these species, which then took over. But also it's like, well, how can we in, in this moment that we live in, you know, uh, be more rigorous about monitoring the the well-being of our bodies of water. And there are a lot of people in our state that are helping with that, um, folks that I've talked to on the podcast. And I think that art and culture really helps, you know, planting these seeds in the minds of people of all ages from different walks. Um, we had Peter Madcat Ruth on the podcast last yeah. season, mm-hmm. which was great. And so, you know, art travels through the air, it travels through time, it, it it hits people in the heart and it gets people thinking. And, and I think young people too, all of us, you know, we were touched by music and, and music also motivated us to think about our communities and think about our world in a way where it's like, how can I help? How can I participate? So I appreciate that you guys chose to make this album and, and it's drawing from all of these different angles, but it's all, it all connects to water. It all connects to the lakes and rivers and seas Mm. um so the next song we're going to hear is an original do you want to kind of set this one up marquette bay yeah absolutely um so i went up to the up um for the first time uh touring with the accidentals um back in i think 2015 was the first time we went up there but i remember driving into marquette michigan and just seeing the giant ore dock that was kind of jutting out into the bay, at least the old one. I know there's um, one that's still uh, being used a bit further up the bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just this huge monolithic structure of, you know, industrial history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having it still be there, I thought it would be interesting to kind of take a look at all of the local history surrounding uh, the ore uh, mining companies and, and whatnot and I learned a lot of cool stories about, um, you know, the beginnings of that, um, along with, I think the second verse talks about um, uh, the story of a ship who couldn't make it into port uh, during a really bad storm. And so they tied themselves to this rock that's uh, right next to one of the big ore docks. Uh, and it ended up being named after the captain. So that's Ripley's Rock, uh, if you're ever up in Marquette. Um, but it just seemed like it was such a, you know, a big part of Michigan's history is a lot of the, the mining that went on in the, in the UP and still continues to go on to this day. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to write a song from kind of the different perspectives of the, of the workers and of the, and of the, uh, you know, ship captains and and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's Marquette Bay. All right, here it comes. Hey, a band away. 
sound of the gall With the pain in my skull I will head right out into the lake With a formal standby from the LS and I We said our goodbyes with the land growing small in ship tied to a rock for three nights we were stopped but we lived to head off for the Sioux Town painted red, drink it down. Then we'd stumble back round to our ships and we'd settle below. We would sleep off the ale, rising early to sail far away from the rails. Say goodbye to So that song brings me back to thoughts about my grandpa Bernard. And he worked on the railroad lines specifically. He worked on that ore dock. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, he was the guy who stood on top of the train as it pulled out on that giant ore dock all the way to the end and then would wave, whoa, when it's time to stop, when it was lined up correctly with the freighter. And... um, he and some of his railroad buddies, um, one day they they got a hold of this old boxcar, they disassembled it, they loaded all the wood onto the back of their trucks, and they brought it out to this property that he had bought in the woods, and then they reassembled it into this hunting shack. Oh, wow. And then um, when I was like a teenager, my dad and my uncles and my cousins and I all did some work on it, particularly my uncles. And then later on, I wrote some of my first songs for my first album in that shack. Dang. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Feeling like connected to my grandpa and some yeah. of my family history. Um, so that's always a, a memory that I had. I could sort of picture, you know, one of my ancestors out there on top of a locomotive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's some deep Marquette connections, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. 
Love that song. Love the tempo change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The slowdown at the end. It's great. <laughs> it's a good call to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sadly, that version didn't make it onto the record. It was a. It was an add-on. Oh, cool. Because it just felt it felt right after yeah. playing it a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've known you guys both a long time. You're dear friends, collaborators. Um, you both do so much for community. Michael, um, three years ago in Change, the Accidentals were a big part of this Clean Water Campaign Get Out the Vote Tour yeah. that we did leading up to the midterm elections. And we had done all these interviews through the Clean Water Campaign, a lot of candidate education and voter education. And and you guys were totally down and really excited and um you know, all of you all and Amber, your manager, had had reached out to me and sort of asking questions like about specific issues and how best to be involved and which organizations to work with. And it was very generous of you to jump on that tour. We went all the way yeah. from the you know Upper Peninsula down to Detroit, ended it at Third Man Records in Detroit mm-hmm. the day before the election. And a lot of um, what we were calling clean water candidates, a lot of a lot of people who took strong positions on clean water issues did get elected. It was a huge part of that yeah. midterm election. So, yeah, thank you, first of all. And, and then also, you know, what, what was that like for you? And, you know, what mo- motivated you personally to, to be involved with that? Yeah, that was that was a really wonderful um, tour that we did. Um, I think we hit just pretty much all corners of Michigan on that, which was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, initially, yeah, I'm a very strong proponent of shutting down Line Five. Um, I think that that's necessary, and I know that that was a also a, a hot button issue in the 2018 midterm elections. And mm-hmm. it's a little sad to say that it's still an issue that you know people are people are dealing with. Um, there was that, um, as well as uh, the Nestle water bottling uh, mm-hmm. company um, and all of the issues that have been arising with that. Um, but even yeah. more so than that, it was um, voting on elected officials that would even uh, make sure that people were getting clean water within their own communities, specifically in the case of when we were in, uh, in Detroit, um, talking about people's water being shut off and yeah. even just having access to clean water, mm-hmm. um, which is a human right and should be, you know, considered as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of all the different kinds of issues surrounding water and the topic of water, um, because in Michigan, that's just such an important part of our whole state. I mean, so much of our state relies on our, you know, uh, close encounters with water every day. Um, and so being able to talk to different people about the different kinds of water issues in the state was also uh, super eye opening. So not only mm-hmm. for the issues that we initially wanted to get into it with, um, you know, learning even more about all of the different issues that were on the table, uh, specifically during that midterm election. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of people during that election were elected um, that were on board with fixing a lot of the issues surrounding water availability and uh, access to clean water as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think it it served a good purpose, and I'm really I'm really glad that we were able to come together on that. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Unfortunately, there were also a lot of people that got elected that didn't take a strong stance and have colluded yeah. with corporations that are profiting off of the exploitation of, of water and of human labor. And so there's still a lot of work to do. And we have another big midterm election coming up 
2022. Yep. You know, how important is it for people to really pay attention to these midterm elections and, and show up? I mean, super important. Yeah, very important. Sometimes the most important elections are those that are at your community level Mm -hmm. and really paying attention to who is, you know, in those positions of power within your community and and knowing who who that is. Um, You know, there's great resources online to be able to find out who all of the candidates are and what they stand for. So, you know, during the 2018 midterm elections, I made sure to go onto all of those websites and read all of the stances that all the different candidates in my community, you know, stood on and, and to make an educated decision from there. And it didn't take very long, you know, just a couple of Google searches and, uh, you know, finding a lot of them were, you know, official government websites and some of them were, um, run by other websites like the, um, Michigan League of Conservation Voters. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have ways to be able to, to know um, who is vote, you know, who to vote for, who defends the positions that you're mm-hmm. that you're interested in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michigan Legal Conservation Voters, dear friends of ours, collaborators, they have both a 501c3 status as a nonprofit and also 501c4 status, which enables them to endorse candidates. So most traditional nonprofits are not allowed to endorse candidates. We don't endorse candidates. We educate candidates and we educate voters and we, you know, we can interview anyone running for office and not explicitly say you should vote for this person, but we ask them questions. Mm-hmm. We try to leverage, you know, um, our platform and our audience, uh, to push, push them to take stronger stances. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, Michigan League of Conservation Voters does a very rigorous process of endorsing candidates since nonpartisan and uh, Clean Water Action as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a great job with that. <clears throat> ben, you did a, in 2018, you did a campus event with Michigan League of Conservation Voters to get out the word, I remember. Yeah. In Grand Rapids. Yeah. So I, I first met um, some of the folks at the MLCV here at Harvest Gathering. It was Harvest nice. 2017. Um, Chloe was her first name. I don't remember mm-hmm. her last name. She was like the Traverse City area, like kind of MLCV person. And she'd put me in touch with Shannon Abbott, who's still working at MLCV down in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And her and I got to talking, and it was, you know, 2018 midterms were coming up, and I was attending college at GRCC at the time. And I was like, Shannon, like, this is a big deal. Like, this election is, like, significant. Like, we need to, like, what what can we do to, like, create an event to, like, try to maybe hopefully get some people out to vote? And it culminated in having a, a concert at the um, Lynn Maxwell Keller Concert Hall, I think the name is. Um, yeah. But the, the, the concert hall at GRCC. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the we had the Crane Wives headline, which was yeah. wonderful, and I played a little set. A friend of mine, Caitlin Zatel, also played a a short opening set. The drummer for the Crane Wives is the official Clean Water Campaign podcaster. Dan Rickabus is listening to me say this, editing it, and then sending it out into the airwaves. So shout out to Dan and yeah, all the shout out to Oh yeah, yeah, the shout whole crew. Out. And to oh, you, Ben. Boy. I mean, you did something that you didn't have to do. It was totally a DIY. You know, mm-hmm. do it yourself. It's like, hey, I wanna, I wanna bring together some musicians that I know with this organization that I know, and then hopefully reach some people that might be on the fence or might not know what to do or or have 
the tools to educate themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I hope that this simple story can inspire some of our listeners to do the same thing because the voter turnout in midterm elections is always so much lower than every four years of presidential election. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so many of these positions have a huge effect on our daily lives. And so, and this is going to be a big one in 2022. Everyone is a big one. There's so much at yeah. stake uh, in terms of our water, in terms of the way that municipal water is handled, the way that um, whether or not people are upholding public trust laws, the basic premise that water belongs to everyone, it, it cannot be privatized. Um, and then, as we said before, you know, this reality of, of collusion between multinational fossil fuel industries and elected officials is a huge problem uh, all over the world and, and absolutely here in Michigan. And, and water gets politicized in some really unfortunate ways. Um, but really at the heart of it, I think every Michigander that I've ever met really values water and considers it a part of their identity mm-hmm. and, and acknowledges it as uh, essential the clean water is essential. So we, we really have to um, go hard and break through, and music helps do that. It helps us break through because it brings people together and it puts people in a, in a really uh, wonderful space. Uh, and then from mm-hmm. there, you know, we can really build, we can really organize. So let's talk about music a little bit. We, I try to do this in every podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, I'm asking people what their first concert was. So you guys remember your first concert? Yeah. Dan, I can see the look on your face. Yeah, what, what was, was yours? It? Kids Bop at the Van Andel Arena. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what year would that have been? Oh, about. Man, I don't know. Probably like 2005, 2000. Like, I, in age, it would be like cool to go see yeah. Kids Bop. Kids you know, Bop. I went with a, with a friend and he like spiked his hair and dyed it pink for the show. Yeah. It Amazing. Was, it was into it. Yeah, amazing. How about you, Michael? My first show was the Red Hot Chili Peppers <gasps> at the Palace of Auburn Hills on, in 2006, and the Mars Volta opened up the show. Um, but the Mars Volta were very confusing to me at that age, <laughs> and they played three very long songs that I later found out none of which were on any albums that they had released up to that point. And it was it was it was very odd. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna see like as a sixth grader, I was like, I'm gonna see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're gonna play like Give It Away and stuff. And then like I was confronted by the Mars Volta first <laughs> wow. with just that prog experimental metal. prog metal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was amazing. But yeah, I was a huge Red Hot Chili. Like Chad Smith was one of my favorite drummers growing up. So my parents knew I I had to see that show. Awesome. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, some Michigan roots, Red Hot yeah, Chili Peppers. Both uh, Anthony Kiedis and Chad Smith yep. are Michigan natives. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Anthony's from Grand Rapids and Chad's from uh, the Detroit area. Huh, nice. Mm-hmm. I hung with Anthony's dad one time at a party in Grand Rapids. Really? Yeah, Blackie. And then Chad, you know, he still comes back and, and hangs out. And He'll sit in with bands randomly. Right. I've seen that happen a couple Dang. times. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay, so any artist of all time that you could see live, so living or from any point in history, you get to pick one musical artist to see perform live. Who wants to go first? Well, it might be happening this summer, but Bonnie Vare is somebody that I would love to experience Mm. a live show of, Mm. you know. 
it just seems like it's a awesome experience and a couple of my friends who have seen him on tour before say that it's some of the best sound they've heard and mm. just the the vibe of the show is fantastic and some of that music is some of my favorite music uh of all time uh so wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing that and i think i will this summer um, right. but also if i could have caught rush with neil pert because mm. i never got the chance to see him and, mm. and then neil passed and you know that was that but Wow. A lot of concert DVDs of Rush when I was a kid. So mm. at least I was able to sort of experience it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I can see that Bon Iver dream coming true soon. Yeah. And the lake that separates us from the Bon Iver camp in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it might look like it goes on forever, but it's it's not that far away no <laughs> yeah i was in an airplane uh earlier this year and we flew right over lake michigan and i could actually see both sides of the lake from the plane and it wow. it was jarring because yeah. it was it was so confounding to me i was like that that can't be right i i must be over a different you know point but it was it was really cool to see that you mm. know it, it's really not that far my friend andrea made this post um, she moved away from Michigan, came back, was was spending some time on the shoreline, and she wrote this beautiful piece about how meaningful it was for her as a child to bear witness and to have a relationship with something that felt infinite. Yeah, and that really rang true to me. To, you know, just being in the presence of Lake Michigan or any of the Great Lakes, it really does look like it goes on forever. It's this immense yeah. body. It's this immense entity that's that has this energy it has this life to it it's yeah. teeming with life and yeah it's a real gift to us to be able to to experience that and really have a relationship with that ben any artist of all time yeah so a lot of the the music that i play is is very much in the realm of like traditional folk music a lot of american music and a lot of the music that led to like contemporary or not contemporary but like traditional old-time american folk music uh, so i think i'd have to say woody guthrie just as yeah. like the, the significance to what like most of my life revolves around wow yeah what a dream to see woody yeah, yeah. fortunately we get to hear his songs still all the time they're just like these burning embers that won't go out mm -hmm. yeah not even a little bit they're just so alive We've mm -hmm. been speaking about the, the sea shanties on TikTok. I've been seeing more and more videos of people just, like, doing random stuff on TikTok and the music behind it's Woody Guthrie. Yeah. I've been mm. seeing more and more mm -hmm. of that. A lot of, lot of yeah. young folks who are Good. really digging in and appreciating yeah, Woody this and music. Pete Seeger and folks like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of ringing true. So we got a c construction project going on here at the farm and some dear friends of the family got pulled off of the construction <laughs> project to join on this last song. So before we hear Holloway Joe featuring, you know, the Earthwork Chorus, Bob <laughs> Hess, Steve Davis, Susie Schwager, and Richard Mottman, as well as Lauren Johnson and I backing you guys up. Um, any any parting thoughts you guys want to share uh, for our listeners here on the podcast? Well, the, um, this record wouldn't have been possible without clean water. And mm. I think that's an important thing to circle back to. Like all of the, you know, none of these songs would have existed if 
if our waters hadn't been usable and able to provide for the ecosystems and you know if we keep going down the route that we are going down yeah that that tradition might go away forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah definitely you. make sure to if you're not registered to vote please register to vote make sure that you know even start now see who's looking to be the candidates for the next year's midterms and start doing some research because mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely needed especially at the community level so yeah maybe some of you will actually run for office you know yeah. we've got some time to to make the plan mm-hmm. we need more more people from you know from the communities people who are embedded in communities people mm-hmm. who are in touch with um what it means to be in service uh, to really take that step and and to to recognize that um, you know this is this is something that we can't take for granted and we can't just expect other people to do. So yeah, n- you know, vote, educate yourself, think about running for office, encourage people to run for office. You know that you feel would would be uh, competent and, and represent you. And then also, you know, get ready to organize. Get ready, you know. Like, now's a great time to reserve a venue. Yeah. For, yeah. for next fall to, to get out the vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say with my experience of organizing that Rock the Vote show with the MLCV, a lot less work than I was thinking it was going to be. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was a, like yeah. it, just a week. There was only a week to organize that. Mm-hmm. So it's like not... Oh, that happened in a week? A week. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So like, yeah, get out there, engage your community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's very possible, abundantly yeah. possible. Imagine what you could do with a year. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for making this amazing album, "Songs of the Lakes, Rivers, and Seas," shanties, forecastle songs, and other maritime ballads from Ben Travers and Michael Dawes. Shantyland is out there for your ears. And world premiere here of Holloway Joe, live at Earthwork Farm, November 20th, 2021. Thanks so much, you guys. Here we go, Holloway Joe. When I was just a little lad or so, my mommy told me, Way Holloway, we'll Holloway Joe. That if I didn't kiss the girls, my lips would grow all moldy. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway Joe. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway together. Constitution. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway Joe. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway together. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway Joe. Way Holloway, we'll hope for better weather. Way Holloway, we'll Holloway Joe. The cook is in the galley, boys, making ducks so handy. Captain's in his cabin, lad, 
That's drinking wine and brandy. Tummy! Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. Way ho! Haul away, we'll haul away together. Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. Way ho! Haul away, we'll hope for better weather. Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. State of Water is powered by the Clean Water Campaign for Michigan. This campaign represents an opportunity to help place clean water issues front and center by partnering with environmental organizations across the state, by educating voters, and by urging every candidate running for public office to make a strong stand on critical issues affecting Michigan's waters. Using storytelling and music events across the state to amplify the groundswell of public support for clean water issues, this campaign is driven by Michiganders from all walks of life who share a similar priority, protection of our water. Both State of Water and the Clean Water Campaign are programs of the Michigan-based nonprofit Title Track. Their mission, engaging creative practice to build resilient social ecological systems that support clean water, racial equity, and youth empowerment.